today we are talking about chapters five and six of the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. There was a little bit of time between episodes and that is because it was the holiday season and we just took the time off to actually get ready to record and have things to say. <laughs> quite a bit of time <laughs> yeah so hopefully now we'll get back into the schedule that we were starting to establish with our first two episodes so this week has been a very eventful week because are we having another not only do we have another episode up but we also were given finally after years of waiting it's it like feels one, like like one it feels like years <laughs> we were finally given a trailer for the new season and final season of game of thrones you were super excited about that i was so excited about that oh my yeah. gosh yeah no it was amazing and even though it was only like the actual content in it was like 45 seconds yeah um it was the one of the best 45 seconds and and from what i read actually none of that was actually in the show they mm. just filmed that to sort of give like that kind of emotional and environmental feeling of it all so we thought it'd be really fun to sort some of the game of thrones characters into their hogwarts houses um so right now we're just gonna do at least this week we're gonna do um the stark house and then maybe next week we'll do a different one of the other different famed legendary houses now are we gonna do all the starks because there's a lot of them or should we just do like Ooh, the, yeah. should we just do the children and if we're doing the children should we just do the ones that are alive so let's start off with um let's start off with sansa because i feel like her she's one of the easiest characters to sort i think she would be in slytherin no see i was thinking ravenclaw really yeah because no. knowledge is kind of like her power at this point she's been following peter baelish for so long that she's learned kind of his tricks and his ways, but she doesn't implement them using the same methods as Baelish does. You know, and see, that's that's where I disagree with you a bit because mm -hmm. she, she did learn from Peter a lot. She did learn how to sort of play that game of Thrones, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that ending where they, you know, killed Peter, mm -hmm. where she was able to trick him. Spoilers. If you haven't seen it by now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the way they were able to turn that all on him, I think it was great. I think it showed, like, yo, know, she really, truly was coming to her own, you know, being cunning, being, mm -hmm. I don't know, what's the other one for Slytherin? Being ambitious, being resourceful. Yeah. Yeah, that is true, actually. I don't know. I was torn between Slytherin and Ravenclaw for her. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe she's more Slytherin. I personally, I can see it. So either uh, Ravenclaw or Slytherin. Yeah. If you guys agree or disagree. Yeah, you've got some really good points there. Yeah. So, um, okay. So then let's do John. John. Yeah. Ooh, John. All right. So I sometimes go into uh, different, like, fandom threads on reddit and other different websites and whatnot and i remember reading a lot of people saying like thinking that john would go into gryffindor mm -hmm. um but i really do think john is more of a hufflepuff i was thinking hufflepuff <laughs> for him too just especially like that's shown in that last scene when he's asked about his loyalty if he'll be loyal to cersei Mm -hmm. And he's already promised his loyalty to Danny. He's like, I have already been promised to be loyal to this queen. Yeah. And, and it's just, it shows like, it's extreme loyalty, yeah. you know? Like, he really took Ned's, all of his, uh, his lessons and, you know, really implemented him into mm -hmm. himself. And Ned Stark, um, I'm pretty sure he would be a Gryffindor, but that's a discussion for another time. But, uh, you know, learning from a Gryffindor and 
applying them out to the real world really kind of makes it more of a Hufflepuff kind of thing. I Yeah, I personally, I thought he was more Hufflepuff just because he does tend to be that like the toil, like the toiling, the hardworking one. Yeah. He's not necessarily brave, more as that he's just doing what he feels like he has to do. Yeah, doing doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um. So, yeah, I mean, he is brave, but it's not necessarily for bravery that he's doing these things mm-hmm. it's more like for necessity um yeah i see so yeah i'm glad we we definitely both were thinking helpful yeah. on that one let's go with everyone's favorite character or the most popular character aria 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 i love aria definitely slytherin the slytherin really. i 100 percent think so yeah just to survive with the faceless men and then to be able to pull off the same tricks and the same uh procedures that they do i think makes her very slytherin like she just has so many of the slytherin qualities just to be able to accomplish that alone and then plus her entire um her entire story has been one of survival and resourcefulness mm-hmm. and cunning and trying to outlive and get away from everyone and outsmart everyone I could see that. You yeah. know, Arya was the one I was having trouble with the most because I was thinking like it, it, she's definitely not Gryffindor, but I was thinking she could also kind of be a Hufflepuff a little bit. I was thinking also Ravenclaw and Slytherin, so it's it's really for me uh, Arya is really up in the air. But I do see uh, the whole Slytherin aspect. Mm-hmm. It's funny how the two sisters are Slytherin. That so, was pretty easy. <laughs> that was really easy. What about let's just do Bran because he yeah. is also alive. Yes, he so, is alive. I would say Ravenclaw for him. I kind of want to say Ravenclaw too. But just I don't know if that's like too the white, on the, the nose. three-eyed raven. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but honestly, even before then, I feel like he had some pretty Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw qualities. Yeah, you know, like the intelligence and just kind of well, back when he had yeah. a personality, just kind of like that <laughs> necessity to learn. Well, and... When he was the uh, when he was taking over for Rob, being mm-hmm. Lord of the North and exactly. Lord of the North, and you know. Like yeah. creative and yeah, all that. Thinking smart. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Being the three eyed raven now. So technically there's two brands, you know, there's the regular brand and the three eyed raven brand. Yeah. So, <laughs> a couple <of> brand. <laughs> but uh w- would he still be a Raven clone now as a three eyed raven? I think now that he is a three-eyed raven, he's essentially the Ravenclaw. <laughs> like he's literally a raven, yeah. you know? No. Um I think so. I think definitely turning into the Three-Eyed Raven has enhanced qualities that yeah. maybe he wasn't quite aware he had before or like that. That makes sense. You know, like they've just enhanced certain parts of him. So I feel like, yeah, definitely the, I think he's a Ravenclaw for sure. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Now we're moving on from the alive Starks to the dead Starks. Um, who do we want to start with first, Christian? Rickon. Yeah. <laughs> he had five episodes and no lines. He was no. a baby. Yeah. Um, he could be the sorting hat. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. I think, uh, honestly, I would put Rickon as a Gryffindor. I would too. Just because zigzag on the field, man. But also, you know, when he was little and uh, Osho went away, you know, to go hide in some Lord's castle, he wanted to stay behind. He was like, I have to protect you. I have to stay. I have to protect you. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I was like, ah, you know, yeah. this is a kid who's like seen essentially his entire family die. And now he's just trying to protect all of them doing what he can right yeah yeah i was thinking even just from the little that we've kind of gotten from him definitely i could see him as a gryffindor too okay so what about rob rob Ooh, rob's a toughie rob's tough for me i have him down between gryffindor and hufflepuff you really i have him down as a gryffindor and slytherin actually no really yeah see because in the end it was his loyalty that killed him Mm -hmm. he fell in love with a woman 
who he even though he said he was going to marry another one yeah actually no i guess that that's the opposite of loyalty because he be, said he was gonna marry someone and then he fell in love yeah. with someone else and was, broke off it was more honor than anything you know that's yeah so I then think. i guess that goes more into gryffindor yeah territory. sure yeah full-on gryffindor I you know he's so. he's fully all honor bound and um you know if you want to we could segue into uh, ned stark here because he he really this, he really did make the same mistakes as he did. Ned, you know, uh, the mistakes of honor and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Honor and fairness. And... Yeah. And trying to be the moral person in an immoral mm-hmm. world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Rob and Ned are both like very um, Gryffindor. Like yeah. they both kind of, if they could have a, if there was a mascot for Gryffindor in the Game of Thrones series, it would be Rob and it would be mostly Ned, Ned Stark. Yeah. He would be like the forefront image on the banner <laughs> and then rob would just be peeking out behind him yeah so then that just leaves caitlin caitlin oh i have her down between either a ravenclaw or, or a slytherin see i think i would put her more for ravenclaw yeah yeah Why do you say that? because she wasn't she was always upfront about all the information she had you know like she never really like used her cunning or she never really like talked her way around situations she was just kind of blunt yeah, she, she had a lot of information. She knew a lot of things. Um, she was able to learn a lot from her surroundings, but she never really used that in a way that I feel like a Slytherin would. I yeah. feel like she was just very much upfront. This is what I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could see that. Yeah, Caitlyn being the Ravenclaw, and then mm-hmm. Sansa and Arya being kind of forced into being a Slytherin in yeah. a sense. That's where I think I think Sansa start off like emulating her mother so much. Yeah. And that's why I think like my first impression was Ravenclaw. They both really have changed. Yeah. Alright. That concludes the total of the House of Stark. Yep. Um, that we are sorting today. Now we are going to go ahead and go into chapters five and six of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. So chapter five was Diagon Alley and mm-hmm. we kind of in this one we kind of pick up Essentially where we were left off with. Yeah, so we have uh, Harry being spirited away with Hagrid. And, um, you know, again, I I did read this a while back uh, in like the third grade or something. But um, reading it again, I started laughing when I remembered uh, Hagrid, you know, essentially taking Harry away. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Harry waking up like, I had a dream about this giant big man and all that. And I'm a wizard and whatnot. And um, it was was funny because usually uh, in lore and whatnot, fairies are the ones that spirit the children away or doing mm-hmm. like sort of changeling things. And instead of tiny little fairies, you have this big, humongous uh, beast of a man. Yeah, yeah, this half giant here <laughs> breaking just, down your door and bending just, shotguns. Like, like, Harry, let's go. You're a wizard. Harry. Just picks him up. <laughs> Harry, you're a wizard. <laughs> and so it's it was. I just kind of laughed and chuckled mm-hmm. a little bit. It's a fun twist. Mm-hmm. I never actually noticed that before. Yeah. So it, I'm yeah. glad you kind of like pointed it out. Yeah. It's just a fun little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and it, uh, you know, we start off with uh, Hagrid spiriting away Harry and them essentially going to Diagon Alley. And mm-hmm. Diagon Alley is our first real glimpse at the wizarding world. Yeah. Don't be upset at me. I was slightly disappointed. By Diagon Alley in the books. Yeah, because it, 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 it yeah. didn't fe- it didn't have that emotional gut punch as it did in the movies. Mm-hmm. Because in the movies, um, when Harry goes to Diagon Alley and uh, the Leaky Cauldron, that's where he learns his history. That's where he learns about Voldemort and his scar mm-hmm. and uh, where he gets his wand. And here, it just kind of more of a... It just feels more like slice of life instead of, a, mm-hmm. hey, this is all happening for the first time. You know? Right. 
and um i think that's partly because in this chapter what's really focused on more is uh harry and his effects on the wizarding world like harry yeah. has still has no idea really how you know notorious he is in the yeah. wizarding world and i think instead of focusing on so much the i mean because she does mention it she mentions how harry was like looking everywhere and his mm-hmm. neck was craning and um trying to see everything at once instead of so much mentioning and describing all these things that are very hard to picture just from like the descriptions being given you know yeah um she's more i think rowling focused more on just kind of introducing the reader to how um how important harry is yeah. to the world and what people's reactions to him will be yeah it really it, you know one thing i noticed was um there's a lot of similarities between the wizarding world and the human world you know harry i think that's what kind of jk rowling was kind of getting at you know using harry you know this uh person from both worlds essentially uh who used to live in an entire mundane world going into the wizarding world and you know it felt like someone like going into a brand new shopping center Mm -hmm. but the shopping center is all about magic now right and all that stuff and again i feel like the movies did that better showing that case of wonder while yeah. also having that sort of slice of life aspect of going to shop for school supplies you know yeah but instead of a, a number two pencil you gotta get a wand and whatnot yeah you gotta get a quill yeah. i wonder how like this is just a heads up i'm work as a speech therapy assistant i'm wondering like what was what was the occupational therapy like <laughs> for those in the wizarding world because right. holding a quill is entirely different than holding and oh, writing completely. a pen or a pencil you know sure. also why would they use quills what's the point like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. there's like this i don't know how into fandom you are but there's like a running joke that britain was just because they're just so like they were just so refusing to change and stuck in the glory days yeah. and every other wizarding world is like guys come on cell phones exist yeah <laughs> the internet is a thing yeah well not, yeah. not well the internet was a thing but here cell phones no they're still a thing yeah it's right. like in the 80s 90s <laughs> There's pagers. Yeah. There's computers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that should be another topic we talk about, just the effect of technology and how it is in the wizarding world or how it's ignored, you know? Because cameras are a thing that there, would too. Be you know? Yeah. That would be really fun. So Diagon Alley, actually, a lot happens. Mm-hmm. He actually meets Draco for the first time in Diagon Alley. He does. Yeah. It's never, like, it wasn't something I really noticed on my first yeah. read-through. I thought, like, oh, that's weird. That's, like, very similar. Yeah. Um, and then I picked it up again when I read the book again. I'm like, oh, that was Draco. Yeah. yeah. So so we meet Draco the first time. He gets his wand. Uh, we do the whole Leaky Cauldron thing. He meets Quirrell. Quirrell? Quirrell? Quirrell, yeah. Quirrell. I was never able to pronounce his name. But, like, a lot happens in this book, essentially. In this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, I just, I, I feel like it could have been done better. Starting off from the top with uh, meeting Draco. Starting off real controversial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, continue. <laughs> no, uh, with meeting Draco, I, I kind of get why J.K. Rowling did it. She had to show that there were still prejudices in the wizarding world because, you mm-hmm. know, Draco just like uh, puts his nose up in mm-hmm. front of Hagrid. I was like, oh, yeah, we're, my dad says, you know, certain families shouldn't go, you know, we're yeah. pure bloods, oh, blah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and all that stuff. But again, I think it just kind of took me out of the whole magical moment. Like, hey, this is the first instance of the wizarding world and you're telling me yeah i know it's like you're already you're telling me it's very much like ours yeah (laughs) i think that's what took me out of it yeah i think that's what kind of took me out of it a bit because you know i wanted that whole what's different 
before what's the same yeah. aspect of it all. And so, I don't know, I, I think meeting, I think just meeting Draco a whole lot to sour taste in my mouth. <laughs> that was one part I did, I kind of just skim over. I was like, mm. this, at this point in the book, I want to hear about literally anything else, yeah. you know, than this conversation. I, my favorite part in this chapter was when Harry went to get his wand. Yeah, and see, that's a great part of the chapter, but again, I feel like there was more emotional gut punch in the movie. Well, you know, yeah, it's a movie. You can actually see it. Not even that. It's um, Hagrid was there with Harry oh, when, he got the, when he got the wand. That's true. I did forget that he was with Harry. And, and then um, Ollivander's like throwing Harry wands left and right. Like, no, don't. Here, hold that one. Okay, no, not that one. Here's mm-hmm. this one. Like, very quick and says, in succession but in like in the movie uh harry try you know takes harry a few tries you know mm-hmm. he's like swing it around no okay let's try this one mm-hmm. no oh let's do this and i don't know i feel like it, it went by too quickly too hurriedly like this is this wand is supposed to be essentially the key to the wizarding world for harry and it played off a little too much like trying on a new hat yeah i guess i personally i thought it was really funny because up in this book i don't think we've heard the phrase you have your mother's eyes yet yeah and this is the first chapter that we get it and it's from Ollivander. yeah and Ollivander is supposedly like this kind of mysterious mystical wand maker right who kind of just not not it's not quite a seer but has like some kind of that like that property in yeah. him you know that He's ability got something like there's that. something yeah. and so just to hear that and to hear you have your mother's eyes and have that be the first introduction to literally a, a something that everyone says to Harry I thought that yeah. was really cool to finally have a place where it's like oh that's where it first happened yeah um, I do agree with that. It, it yeah. was nice to finally see where that started from. Right. Because I just remember like, oh, he has his mother's eyes. Yeah. Who said that first though? And it was, yeah. It was nice to kind of get that from there. Um, going from there to, again, just kind of talking about the shopping experience. It was a little fun. You know, Harry uh, learning he needed to get like uh, a, a black cauldron with like mm-hmm. X amount of centimeters and whatnot. And uh and trying on his robes for the first time and all that. That, that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But again, I feel like this, this chapter should have been more more eye-opening, more sparkly-eyed to me. Okay, you jaded adult. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like I feel like you have a different experience reading chapter five than you know lots of other people did. Because as a kid, like you don't read that much into it, you know, like yeah. just reading that is enough to get your imagination kind of going and started. Right. I feel like as an adult, it's different because you're like looking for more details. Like, well, how does it really look? Like, what am I supposed yeah. to be picturing? So I'm yeah. wondering if that's just a an age range. I wonder if you're just too old to truly enjoy the Harry Potter. How books. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I do want to point out, though, is the Leaky Cauldron bit again, mm-hmm. where he meets uh, a bunch of people. Yeah, especially Quirrell. Quirrell. Yeah, uh, knowing that Quirrell is is Voldemort. Uh, has Voldemort attached to him like a symbiote, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not the fun kind, you know, yeah. like Venom. Knowing who he is and what he really has like attached to his head, it it, it was a little chilling mm-hmm. to read about him. You know, yeah. like oh, you know, this guy. I'm getting bad vibes off of him, and not just because yeah. of what i know already but just right well i loved it because he's just so unassuming the entire time like all the way up until the last few chapters really yeah you know you don't ever think it's really quarrel like there's not like there's hints dropped that something is wrong at hogwarts so early on right like basically as soon as diagonally happens Mm -hmm. you you just you forget about quarrel yeah constantly unless he's being like you know the butt of a joke somewhere you know pretty much yeah so i thought it was really great how like even in the introduction of someone who could become so important later on he doesn't really make an impression yeah you know all right so 
Moving on to chapter six. Moving on to chapter six. Yeah. We're finally on the way to Hogwarts. Yeah. And so one thing that upset me about mm. this chapter, again, uh, something that just obsessed me from the book to the movies is why did Hagrid send Harry back with the Dursleys? He had to. Right. But like in the movie, Hagrid took him and then got his stuff. And I guess he like let him stay in his hut or like they stayed somewhere and then they just went off. Oh, Hagrid home. dropped yeah. him off. Yeah. Well, no. I mean... The the time jump between when Hagrid delivered Harry's letter and when it was in July. Yeah. School doesn't start until September. So he had to go home to the Dursleys, especially with, you know. Right. But it's, I don't know. For me, it's like, why would you do the You've already heard that they're not going to, they don't want to do this. Ad I don't know. I just, I think it's well, bad. Well, take that up with Rowling, not with, not with Hagrid. He didn't do anything wrong. Right, right, right. I guess so. But still, I was like, why are we back with the Dursleys? Let's stay in the wizarding world. Yeah. I mean, to me, it just made sense. He's not going to stay with Hagrid for two months. True. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I love this chapter. Yeah. Well, I loved how very muggle the Dursleys were and how they basically yeah. were just terrified into silence and furious at the same time. Yeah. I also, what I loved about this chapter, my favorite thing about this chapter, is the fact that it's platform nine and three quarters. Like, that's mm. where he has to go. Not platform nine and a half. Yep. Not platform magical nine. No, it's nine and three quarters. Like, it's ridiculous enough for a child to, to just kind of laugh, you know? And it reminds me that this is a children's book. Right. Yeah, with that uh, sort of absurdity, ridiculousness. And whatnot. It reminded me a little of Lewis Carroll, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, just the absurdity of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. you gotta run directly into the thing. Now, it's not in the middle, it's a little to the right. <laughs> I don't know. That was just, um, that was a funny thing of mine. The train sequence essentially played out very similarly, but without yeah. all the kids swarming. Because in the book, it was essentially... In the book, kids. yeah. The minute someone says Harry Potter's here, like... They all are oh. like, oh my god, it's him. It's and him. it's Harry's first real glimpse, but Harry doesn't really get that in the movie until he's actually in Hogwarts being sorted. Yeah. You know? And I, I feel like that's the thing that the movies did better. Um, no. I, th I think it that's was... exactly... Great. If someone... Let's say some like famous YouTuber or some famous person um, walked into a bus route, like a, a bus station, and all the teenagers saw him I or get her... They would do the exact same thing. Right. But again, I'm just going with that emotional gut punch, you know, like when Drake, because the first instance that we meet Draco in the movies, he said, he reveals, hey, guys, guess what? Harry Potter's here and he's going to be my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> and so right. I, I think just uh, having a kid's See, form. I like, I like that. Um, I like the introduction we got to Draco in the previous chapter and how he is. I liked, I liked Draco in the book better because... It wasn't like it was it was Harry basically gave him two chances there, you yeah. know, like he had two chances to make an impression. And really knowing like what Draco said about the other houses and what Draco said about the other people there. Yeah. Um, it kind of influences Harry's decision not to be sorted into Slytherin. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think I like that better because it has more of like a like a cause and effect behind it. Yeah. And the introduction to the golden trio that we eventually come to love. No one love and care for. I know. Entire it's like they're yeah. babies now. I <laughs> forgot. I forgot how many references to Muggle things there were in this chapter or in this book period. But like yeah. in this chapter especially, like Harry does talk more about Muggle stuff and he mm -hmm. talks more about like the differences between the worlds and kind yeah. of introduces Ron to the same things. 
Yeah. So I thought it was really cool. And I thought it was weird that Molly didn't remember the platform number. Like she has so many kids who have yeah. gone to Hogwarts. How do you not remember his platform mm-hmm. nine and three quarters? Did it used to change all the time? And now know. it's in one specifically because <laughs> they're like, well, the boy who lived needs to remember where it is. Yeah. So I don't know. Because to me, it made more. It would make more sense for it to change constantly to kind of keep with that secrecy. Right. I you know, that. you see enough people running into a pole and disappearing it's like yeah okay i'm gonna try that too so it's better to like change the pole and which pole actually disappears you know yeah after kind of the whole thing with platform nine and three quarters again it's very similar to the movies um harry buys the trolley lot uh we got our introduction to the trolley witch which oh. we find out in the cursed child Gross. is a uh terminator-esque being I'm so done with that <laughs> yeah i mean it's nice because harry gets to meet his first friend you know and he talks about how it feels nice to have someone to share things with yeah. so it was kind of nice and mm-hmm. um it was nice meeting back up with Hagrid. Yeah. He's like, hey, I know him. Hagrid is such like a main guiding point for Harry. Yeah. You know? I think I think the chapter ended great. You know, I think it, it did a fantastic job of getting us all pumped up yeah. to be sorted, you know, yeah. with Hagrid pounding on the door three times and them about to enter the Great Hall. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that was a perfect ending right yeah, there. Yeah, like, it, definitely, it definitely builds, like, the anticipation, yeah. you know, because now, okay, we're off the train, we're in front of the yeah. doors, this is the castle, you mm-hmm. know. And, and this was this was the moment, you know, this was the doorway Harry was going to walk through to enter fully immersively into the wizarding world Mm -hmm. and uh i I think that was great yeah i I do i do like how that happened you know it wasn't necessarily diagon alley that was going to be his entrance it was going to be the school where he will learn and where it will essentially be his home Mm -hmm. for his entire childhood and i i thought that was great yeah i loved how uh rolling you know built up that tension and that Mm -hmm. it's definitely very iconic Mm -hmm. like it's literally the doorway that's stepping through a door to a different life but um so that is all that we have today in chapters five and six chapters five and six next week we'll talk about chapters seven and eight and let you know our thoughts and opinions on that and then continue with our game of thrones house sorting which has been pretty fun so far with the lannisters with the lannisters well we can talk about technology in the wizarding world at some point we'll do that too yeah (laughs) i do want to talk about the lannisters yeah i have opinions (laughs) but um if you guys like this episode then let us know and make sure you follow us on podbean and check out more of our other episodes if you want to find more of me you can find me on youtube at youtube.com slash c slash frumius um, I'm also Frumius Reads on Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian, where can they find you? Uh, they could find me on uh, Twitter, uh-huh. on the Twitters, mm-hmm. uh, at Pacifist Pickle. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we really look forward to talking to you guys again soon. That's all for now, so we will talk to you guys later. Yeah. Okay. Bye.